0: Are you looking to achieve a high-quality and full life? You're in the right place. Welcome to Heightened Living. Heightened Living with your host, Austin
1: Floyd. Hey, what is going on? So in this podcast, uh, a little different, I want to start out with an introduction to Andy Earl. Uh, he's a researcher at Loyola Marymount Universe in Los Angeles where he studies adolescent risk behavior and the role of parents in helping teens thrive. Essentially, Andy is an expert in helping parents understand their kids, uh, the evolution of them, and how over time, often the parent has to change his role depending on what is going on in the children's life. So that is Andy, and in this podcast, we talk about a lot of awesome stuff. One of my favorite things was the transition from the preteens to the teens, and how parents really do have to understand and see that there is going to be a difference in this person who is now becoming more autonomous in their thinking, their way of life, and how to respond to different elements of what goes on in childhood. So, without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Boom, there we go. It is live. Thank you for coming on the show, Andy. I got to start out with a question: Who is your favorite superhero?
0: Oh, my favorite superhero, I think, would have to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I like the I like the fact that he's just like a, a average dude who kind of was not that cool in in school, and then uh, um, got through kind of uh, science. I'm a I'm a science geek, so. Yeah. that it's kind of like a, a, a scientific radioactive spider that then uh, turned him into. Um, and then and then that he ended up uh, doing good things with his power.
1: So. Totally. Plus, he's, like, incredibly strong.
0: Yeah. And, and it just, like, it looks like it would be so much fun to, go <laughs> to swing from. I mean, flying would be fun, too. All superheroes have awesome, but, you know, that one in particular just looks like it would be so cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Every that's, time. That's up there. They always, I
0: always wonder what happens, you know, after he's done, like, swinging around, like, what happens to all those spider webs that yeah. he's, like, hanging off all the buildings? Some guy has to go clean all those up or something,
1: probably, he, right? Yeah. He's got an intern. The intern's like, God damn
0: <laughs>
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. It's like, why was it that high up? Dude, you had to hit the highest building in the whole... Come highest. on,
0: man. Can we make a rule? 40 stories is <laughs> the limit. You can't swing from anything more than 40 stories
1: right on. yeah but awesome so spider-man going into that story kind of that you just went through that the person who in school didn't think they were at, as cool you science was learning all that is that where your story begins or how did you start in all of what you're doing today
0: yeah well i guess uh i i, I really kind of um Kind of came across like all the the self-improvement and self-development stuff when I was kind of in high school. And maybe that's why I identify it is it wasn't a radioactive spider for me, but I was kind of, you know, uh, the not so cool kid. I I, I was the geek in high school, I guess, uh, into kind of drama and student council and stuff like that. Um, And uh, yeah, kind of finding the self-development and self-improvement and really uh, uh, all those tapes and CDs from the 80s and stuff like really like kind of jump started my life uh to really thinking you know what can i create and contribute to the world and uh what kind of life do i want to build for myself and and so i guess now then uh I, I, what i ended up with is uh this this website and podcast that i do talking to teens and i'm a researcher and uh and, and what i study is parent teen communication so kind of uh, helping uh, through kind of like removing it by one generation, uh, how, how giving parents the tools so that they can like hopefully help other teenagers who are maybe uh, struggling like I was uh, to you know find something positive in their life. And, uh, so uh, so so that's that's where I'm at now. I guess yeah.
1: Awesome. So then we'll just dive right into that. So when you're helping a parent learn more about their kids and understanding how they're going to work, what do you dive into? How do you do that? And how do you really get their mindset to be like, Hey, like your kid is a person too. And if you don't realize that it's going to be a lot harder to be the parent with them.
0: Uh, I think that like, a lot of times parents come to me and it's like, they, what they want to do, just tell me all these things that are wrong. You know, it's like, uh, okay, so, hey, what, you know, what do you need help with? And it's like, well, oh my gosh, my teenager, I can't, uh, he, well, he's doing this, he's doing that. And like, you know, I can't get him to, uh, and and it's like, just like this laundry list of, um uh of things and though even you know they've like figured out like you know it, it kind of started when he started hanging out with these kids and then i found this in his backpack and the vaporizer was the first thing and now it's progressed and now i'm finding the you know the weed and i'm not sure what to do about that and 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 uh they've kind of got this like whole story about you know centered about like uh the, but, but it's always in terms of like all these things that are wrong with this teenager problems with the teenager and uh so i i can't really I, I'm not talking to the teenager, so I can't really help with that. And I, I think for most people, it's like uh, if we try to focus on uh, on what we want to change in other people, it's not really useful in our life because mm-hmm. we can't change other people. All we can really uh, focus on is ourselves. So the first thing I try to do is help parents to see that and to say, OK, let's just set that aside. Like, I, I understand that, you know, there's things that you would maybe want to change about your teenager. But um we can't do that all we can do is focus on you and maybe there's some things that we could change about you that uh would you know help to 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 impact your teenager and some mm-hmm. communication strategies that you could learn or just kind of like some different ways of like being with your teenager that maybe would uh, uh kind of cause a like the domino that knocks yeah. over the other dominoes that kind of like uh, allows those other changes that you, you you are thinking about to just kind of occur more naturally and then so so then trying to kind of work backwards and figure out what's kind of the first domino that we can knock over and and uh, together and just kind of like try and set those,
1: those emotions. totally so so i'm getting that a lot of the time and i of course have seen this it um the parent is not realizing that they are part of the environment that the kid lives in when the kid is doing something incorrectly yeah and that is probably one of the hardest things ever to because then the influences go both ways where the the kids like my parents don't do anything to help me with x and the parents are like why isn't my kid doing anything that i want to be done
0: and also i mean uh, like you're saying, the parent being part of the environment, so you have to realize that your kid is acting a lot differently with you than they probably are at school, and they probably are with their friends, and they probably are on their sports teams, uh, and they probably are when they're online. Uh, and so you have to realize that the environment it plays a huge role in how human beings behave, and yeah, you're a big part of that at home. So uh, you're you have to you have to recognize that and uh, uh, maybe compensate for it a little bit.
1: Totally. I, I feel like uh, that is one of the the biggest things is the environment, but it's being home and understanding that at home, it's the best environment and you can stay and thrive in that environment.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, and I think it's, uh, if, if you don't have a home environment um, that kind of recharges you and refuels you, then uh, it's really hard to to, you know, meet the next day from like a place of, you know, balance and not being stressed. And that we kind of, uh, at least for me, I like really need some, some place to uh, recharge uh, after, after each day. And uh, Totally. And yeah, yeah, I think that's big.
1: So let's say we have a parent and they don't, they're trying to put onto their kid what they think they should be like based on what they weren't like as a kid, because I know that happens a lot. How do you handle that? How do you help a parent or someone understand that? Because this applies to everybody, of course, but for anybody, how do you handle that?
0: Yes. I think the big, one of the biggest tools is like um, if you can just change your mindset from, from seeing your role as a parent, uh, as, hey, let me try to, you know, show you something. Um, if you can change your role now that your kid's becoming a teenager, um, it, it, y- your role needs to shift a little bit uh, to where you're more like a coach. And together, you're going to kind of collaboratively explore and you're going to kind of help and maybe offer suggestions. Uh, but at the end of the day, your teenager is going to need to figure out what their own identity is. And kind of the, the, the point of this process of, of of differentiation during the teenage years is for them, you know, for the teenager to to question your identity a little bit and to develop their own. So uh, instead of kind of you trying to, uh, I, I know it's hard, but like impose on your teenager your view, um, I I'll try to work on like some scripts that you could possibly use. Like how could you start some conversations that would lead more to like, you know, uh, you trying to find out Mm -hmm. what's what's big with your teenager and what kind of identity are they developing and and what kind of big questions are they wrestling with because a lot of times uh you know i also i study screenwriting uh in college nice um uh i uh, i'm fascinated by storytelling and um you know one of the key ways that As a a storyteller, you can show, convey character is by those like critical, important choices that the character makes when it comes down to the end of the line, at the end of the day, you know, and Batman, right? The city and everything is on the line. He has to choose between the woman he loves and saving the city. I love to get to choose right like and 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 that is good storytelling now that you started talking about superheroes I'm just rolling yeah. with it but it's oh, yeah. good storytelling because it, it it forces us to to say uh, you know at the end of the day when you have to make the final choice that's that's where that's what character is you know um, and that and and uh, I think that um, we need to you know we need to give our teenagers those choices and we need to support them in making those choices for themselves but as a parent if we can kind of Uh, you know, get them to talk about those choices while they're making them, then we can maybe offer a little bit of guidance, not in a way to try to control them, uh, because at the end of the day, if they don't feel like they made the choice for themselves, then they're never going to internalize it as their own identity. But if you can get them to kind of talk about the, the things that they're going through right now, then... As a parent, you can kind of be more in that coach role. And and, and that's really where you can have an issue. And so that's what I try to stress to parents is, you know, what you're doing right now, your teenager is completely shutting you out. And that's why you came to me and because you you recognize that. So if we could just change that a little bit and do it this way, it might not feel like, you know, you're making as, you know, directive an impact because you're not specifically saying, you know, here's what you should do. But I really think at the end of the day, you're going to find that you have more of an impact this way.
1: Totally. And so, what it seems like a bit is that egoic parenting versus the collaborative element of like, hey, let's grow together. Or, hey, I'm going to help you. And we're going to do it through a means of where you can actually help yourself. And once I feel like the kid learns that, then they can start to understand a lot more. And really, they probably take on their whole life.
0: Yeah. And I think it's hard because when they're younger, that is your role as a parent and you do need to be more really showing them the, the ropes and showing them the rules and uh, you know it's not until they're 10 11 that they're going to really start questioning why and wanting to kind of you know form their own identity more so so there there's a shift that needs to happen and um you know it it a, a lot of it's not intuitive I think for parents to make that shift uh and I attribute this, but like you know, a um, hundred thousand years ago, uh, when yeah. you're twelve years old, you would be uh, you would have left your family and you would already be uh, starting a new family, um, and you have a two-year-old kid on your shoulder. Like so, we now live in this environment where we're going through, you know, becoming physically mature, and in the time of our life, you know, when we're really we're supposed to be like starting families of our own, but we're kind of like held hostage uh, until the age of eighteen.
1: Totally. So it's, it's almost, it's very interesting that, um, you're saying as the parent progresses, their parenting needs to change based on the age of the kid. And I feel like that's something that most parents do not understand because they're like, no, I've been parenting. I've been parenting for 10 years. I've done it all this way. Why do I have to change?
0: And because we never had to do it, uh, you know, you babies. Uh, there's like this classic way that people talk to babies, and if you, and it, it doesn't matter what country somebody is from, uh, uh, or whether they're a male or a woman or anything, right? You put somebody in front of a baby, and they go, and oh, they start talking like that, and like, like their voice goes up, yeah. and they start using more vowels, and, and the researchers have documented it. They call it GE. it's an actual uh, phenomenon that that's cross-culturally, universally, uh, and that's because you know uh, we have had to care for babies forever in our evolutionary history so we've evolved just natural instincts for how to care for a baby that are fundamental that we all just have but like I'm saying for teenagers we don't have those because teenagers were leaving the house when they were you know 11 years old we this phenomenon of parents having a parent a teenager never existed you know so we're kind of like having to figure it out for ourselves (laughs) I think and that's kind of part of the problem is is that you know like you're saying you have to change parenting as your kids get older and it's not intuitive and and people don't do it.
1: So then what happens when say your kid is growing up and he's becoming someone that you don't like, how do you handle that?
0: Mm. So that's, uh, you know, placing, uh, placing a judgment on, uh, on them is, is, is gonna make at the end of the day, it's going to be bad for your relationship. Like, uh, uh, it's going to drive a wedge between you. Um, so, I think that the job of a parent is really uh, unconditional love, and you know, you need to uh, come from a place of of, of unconditional support, and uh, and you know, you, you 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 definitely want to be able to voice. To not feel like you have to not say things you know you want to be able to be vocal but still be supportive uh and still saying like you know um talking talking through the decision with your team you would probably say you know hey uh well i don't know i don't know about this that's such a good idea i would maybe do it this way but at the end once they make the decision and it's their decision to make if they're an adult um you know you you have to support yeah. it. you have to say i hope it goes well and um and, and and if it doesn't go well, you have to not say I told you so, uh, you know. You I, I, and I think that's important, right? You know, you have to just uh, Dale Carnegie, one of the classic, uh, you know, of all time, uh, in the 1920s. Uh, one of the the key fundamentals to dealing with people is you have to let them face, you know. And I and I think parents don't do that enough. You know, it, it, you don't need to do the I told you so, like you know, just let just like uh, I think you just kind of. You make your case for your way of doing it and then if they don't that you don't need to say it they know they know they trust me your kid recognizes that you that you said to do it that way and they didn't do it that way and it didn't go well you don't have to rub it in right like they got it um so so there's a certain amount of that just kind of like um the i try to picture like you know the dalai lama like how would the dalai like someone like super wise like the dalai lama you know parent uh, and this, and it's more like you know, he would say like, oh well, I'm not sure if that's a good way to do it, you know. Um, but <laughs> I guess, I guess the choice is yours to make. And, I, and if you, uh, if you want more advice about that, um, let me know, and I, I, I could give you some because I, I really don't think that's a good idea. But, but at the end of the day, it's, it's your call, you know. Yeah. And, and if they do want more advice, and they say, well, oh, wait a minute, uh, wait, wait, I, yeah, wait, wait, tell me more about that, then, uh, you know, go for it. But I, I think. You know, we have to be careful about giving advice that people don't want. And parents, like, um, have to make that transition, uh, you know, to when your kid is four, you tell them everything. But when they're 14, you say, you know, uh, well, would you like to hear some, would you like to hear a thought about that? Because there might be a better way to do that. And if they say no, I think you don't give it to them because, yeah. that, that, you know, uh, giving, uh, they're 14 is the top age for autonomy, according to studies, actually. A need for autonomy peaks peaks at age 14. And if you're trying to force things down their throat that they don't want or that they didn't ask for, they're just going to bounce off their armor. You know, like it's like a force field. Uh, And if a teenager uh, doesn't want something, uh, it's not going to get through, you
1: know. Totally. Wow. So now I know this probably comes up a lot as well. It's kids are in high school, they're getting towards the end, they try drugs, they try alcohol, like what you brought up earlier, like, oh, he is weed or something now. That progression and that mentality, I've always come to believe it's better to be completely open and be like, hey, like if you do this stuff or if you're with someone, like just let us know because that's gonna be make the best out of it. But if you're a parent who strongly disagrees with what the kid is doing, how do you handle a situation where you're like, I don't agree with it, but I know that if I kind of push it under the rug, it's gonna get worse
0: yeah so uh it it's it's actually um counterintuitive, but the research shows that the best attitude for a parent to have with regard to any kind of risk behaviors like drugs and alcohol is uh no tolerance. Don't do it. my attitude is that you're you know you're not you shouldn't do that at all, however. Uh, it's it's even more effective if the parents can do that and also have really open communication with the teenager uh, about whatever the issue mm. is. Um, and when those when those two things combine, uh, it's what's called a multiplicative effect uh, or a, a, a synergistic interaction yeah. that, that increases effects beyond what either of them is alone. Uh, and, and so it's a really, really powerful thing. So, so the answer is, is yes and yes. Both uh, <laughs> are, are important, you know. So, so the, the key is, At you, and uh, you know, uh, you know, yammering away stuff you just like totally don't care about. Uh, uh I get it, you know, I, I get that. Like, and if you can start from a place of like saying whatever you think it is they're feeling, or man, you must just be thinking, like, God, uh, fuck you, mom, like, uh, yeah. can't you get off my back like a little while and just like give me some freedom? Like, uh, when you can start with that kind of empathy, um. Where they feel like you understand where they're coming from a little bit, uh, and say like, you know, hey man, when I was a teenager, I get it. I I wanted this one time. I'll tell you, man, I wanted this. uh, What a dress so bad, and my mom wouldn't let me get it because it was too scandalous. Oh man, I was so mad about that. But I saved up my money, and I bothered anyway, and we had a big fight. You know, whatever. Uh, You know, and and if you can tell your teenagers those kind of stories uh, Hey, you know, I, I totally get it. Um, so, so I, I want to talk about it and I want to work with you about it. And, and it's, it's awkward and it's, and it's like, it's easier to just not talk about it, but I, I, I love you so much that I want to do it anyway. And, and, um, because it's important and I want to be the kind of parent that you can, that you can talk to about this stuff, But, but I need you to know that, uh, I, I don't condone it and I don't think it's okay. Um, and so uh you need to do both of those things of yeah, and, and when you can do that, uh,
1: you'll be more successful awesome, so it's um it's kind of and I know there's a lack of this in most uh schooling, which is education behind these things, which we try to put under the rug sex, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. The more that yeah. parents can educate their kids, one oh, they not I'm only sure. trust their kids more or their kids trust them more because they're like, "Wait, you were right, like that's crazy, but uh, two. Right, right. It's like they need to know because otherwise, like America drinks, it's like through 18 to 21, we're the biggest alcoholics in the whole world. Sure, sure. Or
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, There's a certain amount of stuff that you figure out on your own, but also a certain amount of stuff like, uh, do you you want the first time your team has thought about, you know, what to do when they see cocaine to be when... someone whips them out in the locker yeah. room and is like, hey, do this like real quick. Like um and they're like, ah, what? Like, uh maybe it's good if you could, you know, just like talk about it a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Even the even the crazy stuff. Uh and be like, what would you do if, you know, this happened and this happened and just like uh go through some stuff with them or talk about, you know, stuff from from you and, and uh, you know, maybe talk about how that would correspond to different, you know, values or uh, well I guess you know if you made this choice that would mean you're kind of this kind of a person or this kind of thing is more important to you and if you made this choice I would probably mean that that was more important to you and kind of like helping helping teenagers to to link uh choices because link those like that's what the teenage brain is not so really good at is linking those like uh, immediate mm-hmm. right now choices to those kind of like bigger picture longer term things so if you can kind of uh as a parent, help to say, oh, so I guess, I guess what you're saying is that, you know, get them to say it first is, oh, so then what kind of, well, so what would happen if you did that? Oh, oh so, cool. so kind of what you're saying is, and you have to do it in the not yeah. right? way, What you're saying is that like, uh, if you chose that, that would mean you kind of were this kind of person, right? So if you chose that, really, it would mean that you're that kind of person, right? Like, and then they'll realize that, yeah, that that is what I'm saying and and that it's coming from them but that really you know you kind of had to help them kind of make those links and then when they're confronted with it with that choice then they won't have to make those links again those links will have already been made so now mm-hmm. when they're in the locker room and the kid whips out the cocaine and they're thinking they they naturally go to thinking oh what kind of a person do I want to be do I want to be the, yes. this kind of person who does this and and they wouldn't have been thinking that way if you hadn't have built those links beforehand um so I think a lot of it is you know it's Subtle, but it's a neuro linguistic programming that you're doing with yep. parents that you're actually, you're literally creating those, those connections between things so that when the kid finds themselves in that situation, they're thinking in the framework that you taught them, you want them to be thinking into. And then ultimately, it's their choice what type of person they want to be when they get put in that situation. But, you know, you also know what mm-hmm. their family values are. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, you know they are going to make the right choice and if not then they're going to learn the consequences and maybe yep. next time they will and if not we're going to love them and support them anyway and send them back out to try again you know.
1: yeah yeah and exactly what you just said the NLP the neurolinguistic programming you're doing it no matter what as a parent so yeah because yeah. they're mimicking you, know you yeah so make it conscious it's like with everything it's like either you're parenting or you're just a bad parent and you're parenting wrong because you're always parenting like that's how it works yeah, yeah. Until the kids become realized
0: anything you're doing or saying is um being absorbed.
1: Yeah. Which is also going back to the point uh prior to talking about the substances, uh it seems like helping your kid develop their identity can be one of the strongest elements. And it's not pushing your identity onto that onto your your child, but instead yeah. helping them develop it like, hey, have you thought about how you would act during this situation or Hey, what do you actually want to do in life? Because maybe college isn't right for you. There's all these preconceived paths yeah. that we often think. And I think that's one of the biggest points that needs to be made.
0: Mm. Yep. Yep. So true, man. Uh, they just need to find, to have something that they can find. And they're going to, they're going to experiment with stuff and kind of like try on different like hats almost. Uh, um, Like I think, during the teenage years, we kind of try on different ways of being a little bit, at almost like costume elements, um, and just to see what works for us. And so, uh, kind of expect that and uh, be okay with it. You know, your t- it's, <laughs> it might seem like your teenagers kind of like changing all the time, but think of it more like they're experimenting. Uh, I-, I think, with, and uh, because because that's how we are. I mean, we're so sensitive to we start behaving in one way, and then if it's not out for us or if the results are bad we don't keep doing it you know we we'll yeah. modify it uh, right if we're not getting the results that we thought we were going to get we're just little like dopamine machines and <laughs> we're at the end of the day like that's all that that's what it comes down to i think so uh you know yeah it's more like if your teenager's kind of um uh, not behaving in uh, a, a way that's going to benefit them then um hopefully they're going to the consequences are going to emerge, right? Just yeah. as a natural course of life. And I don't think you naturally, necessarily as a parent, have to do much to like uh, make that happen, but you can kind of just support them in it. And when it, it doesn't go well, then you know, be there to say, oh, sorry, that it didn't go well and uh, encourage them to go out and try it again. And, and, uh, and, and, whoa, well, what, what are we get? What are you going to try next? Kind of uh, thing. And I think that we're constantly doing that for you know all kinds of all assets, aspects of our identity. yeah how, how do I want to be as a student? How do I want to be as a romantic partner? How do I want to be as a friend? How do I want to be as a you know member of this family um, and this household and this school and all of these uh, you know church or choir, or whatever roles that we kind of uh, see ourselves as being part of our identity. We maybe like experiment with different kinds of ways of being within these roles, and especially during the teenage years, and we see what the results are. And if they're good, you know, if we can get, that's where kids kind of develop negative behaviors. They realize they can get better, better results for kind of being a little bit uh putting in less effort, or being yep. a little more like I don't care around their parents, and their parents start like catering to them or to try to get them to care more, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, all I have to do is like be like i don't care a little bit and then my parents like start giving me more stuff and like yep. giving me more attention and uh so it's not necessarily that they really don't care more it's that they just tried on that way of being a little bit and the results that they found were hey this is dead you know so yep. then they're going to keep doing that uh so i think it's more as a parent if you could think of it as that is they're kind of like constantly experimenting and how can we make sure that the consequences that they're receiving at, at each little experience stage of experimentation are accurate or an accurate representation of the competences that they should be receiving for that stage. And then if they're not getting up, that we do how easy something is or, or
1: something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, we're feedback machines. And if we don't get the yeah. proper feedback, then when we go into the real world, we're like, what the, wait, it doesn't work anymore. This doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think at, like at the most fundamental level, That the human brain is just really good at, yeah, recognizing patterns and and creating linking them in our brain and uh, recognizing them to expect them and anticipate them and then build more on top of them and so yeah, just like simple simple patterns and feedback, Um, cycles of feedback. So for teenagers, it's like they wanna. The more they can get more cycles of feedback and try out different things in their life, um, the faster they can find things mm-hmm. that are really cool, you know, um, and that, yeah. that work well with who they want to be in the world.
1: Yeah. And it, ooh, there we go. And it goes both ways because if you i have seen parents who punish their kids for small things with huge consequences, mm. how does that have a play on who the kid is and what they think about making a mistake or actually experimenting and then being punished for experimenting so they're like well i can only be this one way and they become repressed because that's a very big thing
0: yeah it's harmful well it's uh kids learn what they're kind of rewarded to do and also i think that a lot of parents you know tend to think that, that 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 it's good to teach kids that you know you have to follow the rules in life and that, you know, um, you're, you're going to have to learn that you're going to work at a company someday and you're going to have to do what the boss says. And, and that you know, so my job as a parent is to kind of like teach those things um, to my kid. And so, um, so there's maybe a, a, a line as a parent. But I, to me, uh, the conversation is rec- you recognize as a parent that that's why you have those values and you then have the conversation with your kid then say, so, um, so look, uh, you might not have this value at this time, but for me, what I found in my life is that, you know, it's really important uh, to, to have these, you know, uh, behaviors where if you had a job, uh, you would be able to follow directions and you would be able to you know, be, be organized. And so uh, I have to punish you for, you know, not following directions and being disorganized As a parent because i need to teach you this stuff um uh and and i think if you actually talk to your kid about that and and you Mm -hmm. know uh if you might decide that that's not important to you and that's okay but you know while you're living here it's important to me and i I wouldn't feel like i was being a good parent if i didn't if i didn't teach you that and then instill that in you and so i I totally understand if you want to decide that's not important to you when you leave here go for it and say screw this dad you know I, i'm never doing this right but for yeah. now you live here and and to me this seems like an important thing and hey if you can convince me that it's not an important thing i'll listen yes. I, i'm not unreasonable you know and so let's talk about it or, or that these if you can convince me that these punishments aren't the best to, to teach you this value that I, I mean i'm transparent i told you this is what i want you to learn you know, it's how to function in the world, how to function in a corporation, how to function in society and know how to follow the rules and, uh, you know, um, uh, stay organized and get things done on time and everything. So what should I do when you don't, when you don't follow the rules and you don't get things done on time, when you're, you know, you, you, you fall behind and you're disorganized? How should I, as a parent, uh, help you to learn to do that? Um, and just yeah. having that conversation, I think, is really is really big. And, and, and a lot of times parents find that the kids it come up with stuff that it's actually, wow, that's that's great. And I wouldn't come up with that, but that's kind of more creative, you know, or or different. And actually, that's more harsh than I've said. But I've, uh, let's go with that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing to do. Yeah. But exactly what you just said. Um, and that is parents saying, hey, like this will change. Like, what do you recommend? How will this work? Uh, when it comes to punishments and taking out the like I want it to be this punishment because my dad did it when I was a kid because now that doesn't matter number one but number two I have this is just me and it's my disdain for authority in reality or at least authority that tells me exactly what to do is that when people typically give punishments or capital punishments or anything like that it's often based on only how they're being treated where they are now and they're not realizing in the grand scheme of things how life doesn't operate the way that you think it does because there's a million a billion different lives going on so they're all operating differently so that's where it gets really challenging i think as a parent to go like Hey, at my job, I'm getting punished because my boss is actually mad because he's getting punished from X, and so like that chain of command is trading off and making you put it on your kid.
0: Uh, or and then also just that then that becomes really real to you that that's how the world works. Yes, there's this chain of command, and you have to like uh, you know understand kind of your place in it. Whereas you know um maybe your kid's gonna be an artist or an entrepreneur or um maybe they're not gonna have the same experience that you have and Mm -hmm. so maybe the things that that are important habits to you might not be important habits and and, or might be harmful um actually you know uh later on in in life for your teenager so i think it's important to, to explain why you're teaching the things that you're teaching so that it's not just arbitrary but but so that if uh you know the kid then does find themselves in a situation later where that that doesn't apply, whatever your your assumption was, mm-hmm. um they can modify it and not necessarily discard it because there's probably still some wisdom in there that you yep. learned, you know, over the course of your life. But uh, you know, it's wanna understand that the situation is different and maybe i should do it
1: differently totally i love that um so i gotta ask what is your higher leverage skill and so a high leverage skill is something you can learn in any field really pick it up put it somewhere else and then basically extrapolate it and be like oh that's okay cool this works here so for example learning to learn once you learn to learn you can learn anything better learning to breathe better once you do that then you can exercise better you can meditate better uh pattern recognition by learning pattern recognition you can pick up and be like oh that goes there that goes there oh and it relates to that field this way is there anything that is a higher leverage skill that you've specifically utilized to help you get where you are today
0: uh, yeah i would say uh seeing connections that other people can't see um and like connections between things uh i, I like a uh, read a lot you know i read mm-hmm. like a few a few books a week i do like just like tear through books you know so and, and lots of different subjects um and i'll go through just different subjects and just read every book there is about it and like so i just kind of uh, i guess I, so I have like a not necessarily that i'm like ex, an expert in like lots of things kind of just that i know like a little bit about like a, yeah kind of certain like number of things and then um yeah i guess I guess I just am good at like seeing kind of connections um between separate new ways and stuff could be uh, combined so I'm not necessarily completely making something up yeah but just kind of kind of recombining things in a new way
1: Have you heard of multi potential lights No okay, so this is just uh on another podcast they guess uh gave this to me and he was like uh you sound like you're talking about multi-potentialites and essentially it's someone who takes information from all these different areas and likes to relate them and look at things as a holistic system or, or uh, open system and uh there's actually a whole group called uh let me see i have it in my nose the putty tribe and it's a group of people who like come together and share their thoughts and stuff
0: oh that is cool i gotta look it up
1: yeah i literally i was like uh yeah i just joined i'm i'm in no matter what i don't i don't know what the what i need to do navigating
0: to the page right
1: now yeah seriously um no that is awesome and i think that skill itself the ability to relate information and uh essentially it's kind of reading without the intention of just a specific it's reading with an open mind to other things that you've learned not going like hey this Mm -hmm. book is only about civil war history but like when you hear something and you're like whoa that's weird that's just like the other book i was just reading when they talked yeah, about this yeah, thing happened and then they all just feed into each other and you're like oh my god this is amazing the world all yeah, information yeah. connects so cool
0: yeah yeah that's the, that's one thing that uh i think is like in terms of you know studying educational psychology they talked about the difference between like uh, expert knowledge and novice knowledge, and uh, it's it's actually they if they give like a, a test of you know pure facts to yeah. like someone who just got their PhD in a subject versus someone who's like a wise in professor of you know 40 years, uh, the person who just got their PhD actually scores a little higher on the test. It's just a fact. But what the difference is that the person who is the wise in professor for 40 years, they. Uh, um, are much more able to like integrate mm. those facts in uh, new different ways and they have uh, their knowledge uh, it turns out is a lot more interconnected yeah um, and much more richly so they have kind of a similar sized network you know of knowledge but it's just much much more richly interconnected and so i i think about that often in terms of like you know it it it, how long it takes to get to the point where you have the amount of knowledge of an expert, but then how much to get to the point where you really are, like, a true expert is is the point where you have the interconnected knowledge. Yep. Um, and it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, and so, I guess, um, yeah, so I, I think about that and, like, what, as you're, as you're like, you were saying, that, uh, you were saying as you kind of, like, hear things or read new things, like, associating them with previous yep. things, uh, that is, like, um, one of the best ways um, for yeah helping to like uh, create a more interconnected um, uh, knowledge web than you would have otherwise. like Because what you're doing, by consciously thinking about how the things that you're learning are connected to things you already know, yep. you're creating more interconnections And so you're kind of creating more expert knowledge. Um, and so, yeah, so I just, like you said, I try to do that whenever I'm reading things, is create those extra Retrieval cues and, and interconnections to things that I already kind of and just kind of like ponder it a little bit and think about um how it relates to other stuff instead of just like reading through to the next page and starting the next chapter immediately. Like, uh, I think it's worth it to take that little extra time and just kind of like think about it. Yeah. Think, thinking is like a thing that seems kind of like <laughs> getting lost these days almost yep. because it's so easy to just whip out your phone or I don't know, but uh, I, I do enjoy sometimes just you know having some time to just kind of think about something that I just read or just go for a run for you know 50 minutes. Without yeah bringing, bringing anything electronic and just like uh think you know it's important I think
1: totally yeah I wrote a whole article on how to use wasted time like quote-unquote wasted time so like appointments all that stuff and like uh, one of the main things I said was like you can use this time to actually think and like use the time when you're like No, I just can't think about that right now. As many people say nowadays, now you can, you have that time. You're just sitting there. You're just doing something like go deep down the rabbit hole, figure it out, have fun with it. Like you should, that's what life's about. Find connections, create, have fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So is there anything right now that you're currently questioning? And this can be life, religion, politics, how doorknobs work, whatever it is. It's something that in common consensus, you hear people say, yeah, that's the way it works. And you're like, I just really don't think it works that way.
0: Oh, wow. So many things. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that one.
1: Could be anything.
0: Mm. I guess I'm just always thinking about like our myths about what makes what makes us happy or what makes mm-hmm. people fulfilled or what's a good life, what's a right life. And uh, it's interesting to see it's interesting to see what we kind of, uh, what we kind of strive for. And like, uh, I, I like reading people's biographies because yeah. a lot of times, uh, a lot of times it's like a different, Have to do all that work you could have just found it like you know from the beginning but i uh i question that i think yeah um and, uh, because i think that the journey of actually uh mm. i think that what we need is just something to conquer you know yeah and yeah uh it's like the classic uh uh again i guess going back to my storytelling telling roots is uh joseph campbell you know, yep, yep. Uh, was was the researcher who like broke down what all the like best stories in the world had in common. And it's just like classic arc that uh, if you watch movies in Hollywood and talking about superheroes, they all follow this like to the T uh, hero's, <laughs> hero's journey cycle, um, which is you know, a young hero who has kind of a call to adventure and it's kind of like um, has to make a choice of whether they will answer, answer the call, stay in their normal life, uh, and or and and always wonder what could have been. Mm-hmm. They answer the call and set out onto the adventure. And so of course the hero chooses to set out. But then of course they endure hardships and it's not as easy as they thought. And many failures. And just when they're about to give up and all hope looks lost, there's uh, a wise, uh, you know, person yeah. yeah. someone who reaches out. And gives them just the right piece of advice at just the right time, and they get, get through that, and then they get through the next thing, and then they get through the next thing, and finally they get to the very end where it all comes down to the thing on the line, and they make the final ultimate choice, and they triumph, and then they you know return home uh, a changed a changed person, and it's just the classic. Uh, uh, then you know at the end there's a final beat at the end yep. where they they then return home, and they, there's a, a scene that mirrors scene that we saw in the beginning of the film and in this scene they have to make a choice that they also had to make at the beginning of the film but this time the changed hero after returning home now makes the right choice and they do it yeah. differently and we see in the final beat of the film that they have changed and, 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 and the arc is complete and that's the hero's journey and, and I think that we all need that in our lives. And I think that the reason that we see it repeated over and over again, and we like to read these biographies of people, and these people say, oh, well, I finally figured it out. And man, let me tell you the answer so that you don't have to go through all that. And here it is, so you don't have to do all that work. I think that's bullshit. Yep. I think that no one can tell you it without you having to do it. Um, you got to find your Mount Everest. You do, and, and, and today, it doesn't even fucking matter what it is. I think you just got to choose something and say, I am going to conquer this yeah, and it's gonna ideally choose something that's gonna take you about four years or something. Do it in your twenties and just get it over with, like, and just knock something out and just crush it. And I think that uh, uh, we need that in our life. Uh, and 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 when you just look, when you just look at the lives of the people that are are quote unquote good lives, like they all have that, right? They, yes. they conquered something and did something meaningful. Um, and, and so whatever it is, like uh, you're passionate about something, right? Um, uh, choose something really hard that you don't know if you can do and, and do it, you know? Um, and, and, uh, and fail at it and that's cool too. And, uh, yeah. uh, and I think then, then uh, a lot of these people that we admire, it's the fifth thing that they try. And, and so recognize that, like, so go try to do the thing that you think you want to do, but recognize that that's probably not the thing that you really are meant to do. That's just the first thing that you're supposed to do. So I would just say, get out and, 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 and do it and, um, and
1: uh, start. Yeah.
0: Tightened Living with your host, Austin Floyd. Austin Floyd. We'll be right back.
1: No, so, so we were just talking about the story arc, the hero's journey, and how if you strip yeah, that from someone. Yeah, right that quite literally removes so much from who they are, the journey, the evolution of themselves in their own mind.
0: Yeah. Because what is you? Well, uh, I mean, I'm so interested in identity mm-hmm. and what is like, you know, the unit of you. And yeah. uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm, uh, with thousands of studies. I'm a psychologist. So I'm fascinated by this. but uh, You know, we don't really know. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And, and it's a combination of your identity and your values, but it's also I think that there's this important aspect of your story that kind of we don't really have a tangible way to really research, but you need to have a strong a strong story that you are the center of and that, that you're um that 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 is uh, not a tragedy right um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there there's a there's a certain structure of stories that end well, and there 's a certain structure of stories that don 't end well and so if if you realize that you're when you tell your story of your life and I know people like this, you know yeah. that when you talk to them they have like a negative life story um or a story that they 're kind of like this victim um, of just kind of things happening to them, yeah rather than them being like. Uh, you know as as a writer um, and especially in sitcoms we talk about having a reactive versus a proactive central character um, so you you know um, a lot of uh, a lot of like the classic, just like sitcoms, where kind of like nothing happens. It's like really, like Seinfeld or whatever. It's really yeah. reactive, right? It's just like I don't know, nothing ever happens, and like stuff just like stuff just happens, and like they just stumble into it, and they just like have to deal with it or whatever. Like, uh, whereas any whatever one of these like um, uh, epic kind of like ones where they're on like a quest, obviously they have like a proactive protagonist that's trying to like you know accomplish something. Yeah, uh, uh, I think we need a. a narrative for yourself that's proactive you know you, uh, if you have a, a, a narrative for yourself that involves things happening to you you of being be in and it's not benefiting you that yeah you're not going to like live from a place of empowerment so you need to then kind of figure out how to re- restructure that narrative a little bit into a more positive story structure i mean someone who's a writer could like easily help you out like it's just certain pieces <laughs> you just got to hit and every story hits them the same way and we could just restructure your life story a little bit to like hit those beats yeah the way that you're retelling it it would change uh you know your perception of yourself i think a lot um,
1: yeah a yeah i talk about that all the time is uh you need to write your own story go back take your, the beginning of your life, reframe it. Because every time you remember something, you remember it differently, number one. But number two, if it's not structured already to the way you want it to be to set you up for your future, then why are you even remembering all this bad shit? Like go back, reframe it, write it like it's a hero's journey or like you're the kid and right now is the time where you're about to like burst out of your shell and get to where you want to go. And you will. Because you now are that person in your mind and your reality. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, is there anything that you're currently obsessed with?
0: Oh man. Uh, well, I mean, green tea. Uh, it's kind of, like <laughs> kind of always, always.
1: What kind? kind of thing.
0: You know, uh, all kinds. I like the I like jasmine green tea a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, for some reason, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm big on that. It's good, good kind of all morning long working stuff.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, before we sign off, where can people find you?
0: Yeah, we're at talkingtoteams.com, and um, that's the Talking to Teens podcast. You can find us there on iTunes, Talking to Teens podcast, and uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of it's sort of like this. We just interview different experts. About, uh, really focusing on how to talk to teenagers and uh, you know how what you can say in different situations for teenagers to uh, kind of get through doing of different things and get, you know make positive results in their life and so uh, I, I kind of think of it like um, uh, it's like like hacks for parents you know yeah uh, it's kind of it's like stuff that's like a little stealthy that's based in psychology and science, because I'm big on that. Um, and, and well, you know, we bring in a lot of best-selling authors and, and pretty cool people. Uh, we just had uh, uh, Chris Moss recently, uh, author of Never Split the Difference, and the, the lead uh, hostage negotiator for the FBI. Yeah. And, yeah, he did this, like, uh, <laughs> how to negotiate stuff with his teenager. Um, so, so we try to do kind of cool stuff like that and, and make it uh, make it happen.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. Hey, it was my pleasure, really. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, man. Living.com on Facebook at Heightened Living.
0: We'll catch you next time.